your weekly fix of Asian music. This is Asian Pop Nation. We played Priya Raghu's Lockdown, and the last song you've heard was Xavier's Call In Sick, featuring Kamiko, because you should call in sick, because Asian Pop Nation is on. So for the next three hours, we're going to bring you some awesome music from around Asia, as well as some discussions about what's been happening in the Asian pop culture world. You'll be joined with myself, Senya, as well as Aaron, Celeste, JP, and Leisha. So you better tune in for talks about our favorite Asian dads in honor of Father's Day last Sunday. And we're also going to chat a little bit about what Dylan Sprouse is doing, which is quite interesting if you are a big fan of the sweet life of Zach and Cody. We're also going to chat a little bit more about China's recent ban on video games, controversial, and a Chinese art heist movie that I don't believe the government is too happy about, but there's a lot of juicy stuff, so stick around, and we're going to dive into that with you with a song by Siori featuring EAJ called Dive With You. Keep it here on APN. This is Asian Pop Nation. We played Siori's Dive With You. After that, we played Baylin's Check. And the last song you heard was by a new group from China under Team Wang called Panda Pack, and that was Buzz. And there's been a little buzz lately around Icon's Bobby, who recently announced some exciting news, but let's dive into that now. All right, so we all know Father's Day happened on Sunday, and what? great way to celebrate Father's Day and talk about Asian dads. Well, there's a student to be new Asian dad. He's from Icon. If you know him, he's Bobby. And he recently announced that he was not only getting married to his fiance, but his fiance is also pregnant. And for any Icon fans out there, y'all be so excited and happy to hear this news. And oh, Bobby's going to be a great dad. But aside from that, and speaking of Father's Day, any other Asian dads that we know who are famous that you love or just want to mention, or as other people have said, Dils? <laughs> like real life, like famous ones. Hmm. Oh, it doesn't have to be real life. It can be in anime or fictional character. Yeah, fictional characters. (laughs) Hmm. Shinji's dad from Evangelion, maybe. I mean, he's got a stern personality, but he's got a few things going for him. That's the only one I can think of, honestly. Is he a good dad or? No, he's not. (laughs) (laughs) I know. In in my head, also, I'm not really the most. Not the dad I'm going as like role model for parenting, really. But right. <laughs> but you mentioned him for Father's Day. <laughs> well, he's he's certainly the most interesting to watch. Actually, yeah, uh, don't count on me for good examples. <laughs> I, the only dads that I can think of are ones that are kind of horrible. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, yeah, the only one that I think was perhaps horrible at the start, but he kind of redeemed himself at the end was the main character from Clanad. Oh. Oh. Yeah, him. Yeah. I remember. Oh. Okazaki, I think. I can't remember yeah. his first name. Yeah. Is that the smoker or the main character? The main character. His dad also redeemed himself kind of towards the end, but I still ah. think Okazaki had a had a nice arc there. But no, nah, I don't think I'd want him to be my dad. <laughs> <laughs> my god. I guess Aaron's dad is another <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he a scientist or something? And yeah, like, he's like a doctor. Everything to go bad. Yeah. Grisha yeah. Jaeger. Yeah. Grisha. 
It's got a nice name, at least. See, this is what I mean. Like, all I can think of are bad anime dads. <laughs> yeah, because like, they're the most remarkable ones, right? Yeah. So the bad yeah. ones are the ones that help us remember uh, them. Actually, no. I do know one. I know one. I know a really nice one. It's from a little manga called Yotsubato. Have you heard of it? Yotsubato? It's a, it's a slice of life manga about this dad and his little daughter. But his little daughter is really weird. Like she's got green hair, and she oh. kind of just goes around doing really crazy stuff. Aaron, have you heard of it? Yeah, I read the first volume in a library. Yeah, it's really comfy. But I do think, um, in terms of the Lordo, I don't think he's actually her dad. Like apparently, he found her in the ocean. Like it was, oh. it was very strange. He was in a boat, and <laughs> he just saw her swimming around, and he's like, "Okay, I may as well take oh. care of this kid." more like a um, father yeah. figure type of thing father figure <laughs> but like still you know father in spirit you know? mm -hmm. so he's cool he's cool i like him another father figure i can think of i'm not sure if he's a father figure <laughs> but you know in barakama the name of the main character has oh to take care God. of all his bratty <laughs> children <laughs> Say Shuhanda, I think he's the main character of Barakamon. And there's like this annoying kid that constantly interrupts him as he does calligraphy. He goes to live on this island. Yeah. And then it, he's just disrupted by all of the life that's on the island. I don't know if he's, he's more like a brotherly, perhaps, not really fatherly, but yeah. He's on that line. There's a boundary mm. there. Are there any, like, I'm guessing in K-dramas, is there a better rep there when it comes to K-drama dads? <laughs> My mind has gone blank because you've gone on the topic of, like, bad representations of fathers. And I can think of one. It's um, in a K-drama called Familiar Wife where a guy is unhappy in his marriage and he's got two kids. And then he goes back, he manages to go back in time, restarts his life, and then, yeah, falls in love with the same woman. Mm. But the whole scenario is different. And I'm just thinking through all this time that your kids are gone. You're like, they're not the same kids that you have again, like, a few years after from the original plot point. And, yeah, no, it's so confusing. But <laughs> bad dad. <laughs> uh, come on, good dads. We need good dads. We can't. It's Father's Day. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if it says something about media that most Asian parents of media that we can think of are all have, like, negative connotations behind them. Hmm. But it took me a while to think about this as well. But in would you say maybe one of the more positive ones, maybe it's like Mulan's dad or something? I just remember oh, cool. yeah. 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 <laughs> that's wholesome. Like, that's so wholesome because by the scene at like the end of the movie, this is not a spoiler, Mulan's been out since how many years? But yeah. like <laughs> But it's like the whole scene where he's like, the greatest gift of all is having you as a daughter. Oh, and he like, was so mean in the beginning. Like, <laughs> he turned around, he turned around. That but then he realized how much he loved her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Aww. So sweet. That was one I could think about. That was. How about Train to Busan? Like, is, isn't there a father figure? I, don't know. Uh, I yeah, actually can't remember how that movie. ended. But... <laughs> Did he die? He did die. I think he sacrificed himself or something. Okay, that's a yeah, good he dad. Sacrificed he's <laughs> he to save his daughter and there was one other person as well. Yeah, the the pregnant woman. Yeah. Who, whose husband died. Yeah. 
I mean, why is it that the good dads are the ones that like sacrifice themselves? Oh, no. <laughs> the other one I was thinking of was like Parasite. I'm not sure if that counts. Uh, oh, the, the poor, the poor dad. <laughs> they all died. Like, no, they didn't all die. <laughs> Leisha, have you seen it yet? <laughs> well, yeah, no, no, I know they're all dead. <laughs> they're not all dead. They're not all dead. <laughs> Uh, I was gonna say that at least they're all better in the show Tucker. That's all I can say. This sorry, the show. Show Tucker. No, never mind. No one seems full in Alchemist. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Oh. It's, the, it's with um, the girl, and then we don't yeah. need to just we, ignore we'll that just, bit. Remember, Maze. Yeah, we'll, can... we'll just say Nina Wolf Wolf. <laughs> that's all. That's all. <laughs> but wait, okay. There's one I could think about. It's from this um movie i saw way back in like 2018 ish it's called searching it's like asian american type of movie that is pretty much it's yes yes that movie's so good by the way if you have not watched it do it now in whatever he's the same actor who was playing spike spiegel in the cowboy bebop remake yeah john choke if you haven't heard from a lost episode (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's the same actor he plays his dad character and pretty much like his daughter goes missing and stuff and it's like you're watching him trying to like find her but at the same time he's kind of like one of those asian dads where it's like he realizes he doesn't actually know a lot about his daughter because of certain situations that you'll find out if you watch the movie but it's like seeing that growth of like him learning more about his daughter and just like at the same time while trying to find her because she's freaking missing but just that growth it was really admirable to watch it yeah i'll put him on the good asian dad list (laughs) it was was good it was a plus he may have done some questionable illegal things but for the safety of his daughter i'll take it that's a good asian dad for me (laughs) Why is it that they either are bad the entire time or they kind of start bad and then become better towards the end? That's how that's up. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have the same motherly instincts, but... Jeffrey, <laughs> <laughs> oh. were going to say boring. something? It was, no, I was going to say, it would be a boring story if they were good the whole time. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just character. We always have those characters like the good mom and she's there the entire time and she's just... Yeah they're, yeah. yeah, they're just not as common with dads, is it? Yeah. No, oh, I, I do have another example. You know the dad from My Neighbor Totoro? Yeah, My Neighbor Totoro. He was cool. Like, he was chill. You know, took care of his kids while his wife was sick. You know, was riding on the side. And, you know, cleaning up his old house with them. It was really comfy. He's a good dad. Yeah. Wholesome yeah. dad. Bad dad is the one from Spirited Away who ate the oh, <laughs> yeah. and became <laughs> If you're a dad, happy Father's Day. Hope you had a wonderful time. And yeah, if you know any Asian dads, real life or from Asian fictional media, let us know on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in to Asian Pop Nation. We played Ace's Changer. Afterwards, we played Omega X's comeback single, What's Going On? And the last song you heard was Young's Secret from The Ferryman, Legends of Nanyang, the sea drama. Now, something that is a bit of a secret until now was Dylan Sprouse starring in a new sea drama film. But we've got more on that here on APN. So I wonder if any of our listeners will recognize this theme song that potentially goes like, this is the sweet life. (laughs) 
<laughs> that was very embarrassing rendition. But if you're familiar with that show, you might be familiar with these two twins. And well, one of them by D- goes by the name of Dylan Sprouse. Is apparently set to join the Chinese entertainment industry of all things, as a new trailer had recently come up of a film that shows the former Disney Channel star playing as a foreign prince. The Chinese film that we're talking about is called *The Curse of Turan Dot*, which is a fantasy romance movie adapted from an Italian opera by, and I apologize for butchering the name. Giacomo Puccini, and pretty much the story kind of centers around Princess Turandot, who is cursed upon receiving three bracelets as birthday presents. While they're all infused with some mysterious power, the bracelets has caused the princess to become cruel and lose all sense of her humanity. And so this, I guess, brings Dylan Sprouse and a bunch of other princes from foreign lands to come to court her by solving three riddles for each of the bracelets, which, if answered correctly, would free her. And if not, however, the princess would die. Wow. <laughs> and so Dylan Sprouse plays a particular character named as Kalaf, who is a regular citizen actually, who steps up to solve the riddles and incidentally discovers more. On his own path, I just want to know this premise. It's just blowing my mind, and I just want to know if everyone else is also in the same boat. This is just surreal. I think it sounds pretty cool. What about it, Leisha? Does it sound like something that might interest you? It sounds cool. I just that the whole like wow from Italian opera when it's becoming like a Chinese film, and then we're getting an American actor, Dylan I mean, Sprouse, a, of all people, <laughs> of all people. Oh, it's just so really interesting. But there is also a thing to note that he has stated through his social medias that he did actually spend six months learning Mandarin, which from the trailer he does actually speak it, which is interesting. But some social media users do speculate that. Maybe the film had been like dubbed over by like a native speaker, which I would say is not like the most uncommon thing I've seen in a lot of Chinese films that have like foreign actors in them. And then there's also some critiques about how the original opera itself perpetuates very Orientalist themes. And oh boy, my favorite one. The white savior trove. Mm, very nice. <laughs> very nice. My favorite one out of all the many, many, many Asian tropes that exist in media. <laughs> but yeah, what do you guys think? Is this like what did you guys ever envision this day would come that Dylan Sprouse would be in a Chinese movie? No, which is no. why it's blowing my mind. <laughs> like, what is happening? Of all the fantasy Chinese plot lines I've ever read. This is the most wildest one I've seen. It's the most outlandish. It's so... uh, My brain is not computing any of it right now. Wow. (laughs) I just kind of hope more, like, stars from Hollywood or from Disney Channel, I don't mind, (laughs) come and start starring in, like, C-dramas or K-dramas. I think that would be interesting. It's such an interesting clash of like West and East, I feel like. But also at the same time, it's like, do you think by having more of these like um like 
foreign, I guess in particular, like white actors making it into like the Chinese scene, do you think it will, again, just further perpetuate the idea of like the white savior trope thing that, oh boy, I love, love that so much. I think <laughs> the only way to the only way to mitigate it is just get more Chinese actors, <laughs> which is you know, the it's like ninety nine percent of the film. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, no, but I mean more Chinese actors within Hollywood. You know what I mean? Uh, ah, them in, you know, main roles. You know, so there's like an interchange going on there. That sounds like, like a West End problem. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> what was that movie with Matt Damon about Great Wall of China? Oh my god. Oh, Yes, oh, I haven't oh, seen it. The, the wall, the grid wall, or the something like that. Oh my god, my mom made me watch it one time, and I was just sitting there the whole time, like, what am I looking at? <laughs> Why is Matt Damon here? Yeah, no, exactly. I know exactly. I was just thinking, like, oh, okay, she's just watching like Chinese drama, and then I just see Matt Damon of all just show his face just appears. I'm like, what is going on it's so bizarre i don't know why (laughs) but yeah i agree with celeste i think it seems like a western problem i think that another one i could think of was it the last samurai with tom cruise and he like (laughs) 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 but i would want to watch this and it sounds like a pretty interesting premise and yeah just to see how dylan sprouse's mandarin sounds compared to everyone else's I'm going to be so sad if it sounds more fluent than me. <laughs> Someone who's half Chinese is going to break my heart and my ancestors. I'm like 100% Chinese. So like, it's probably going to be better than mine. <laughs> oh my God. The premise does sound actually pretty like interesting. It's just, I'm curious if it's like, you know, those like wuxia type of dramas where yeah. like, I, I, will I be seeing like Dylan Sprouse like flying across the sky and just like, is it gonna run on waters? Yeah. <laughs> I think that would, I think that would make the movie better. So I wouldn't mind. <laughs> Bring a lot of meme potential. I feel yeah. <laughs> definitely. I guess for our listeners, what do you think about this interesting? I guess clash of East meets West type of movie that's coming out. Are you excited? Are you worried? Do let us know all your many many. Uh, thoughts on Asian Pop Nation through our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. This is Asian Pop Nation. We played Nick the Real's Healthy Mind. After that, we played Oh My Mei Ting's Yanxi Xiaozhi. And then the last song you just heard was Dane's Salt featuring all these guys. Because I think the Chinese government is feeling like this, a bit of salt being rubbed into the wound of a very tense part of China's history. So, if you're curious, better stick around for this discussion. So, Chinese internet users have lately accused Warner Bros. of insulting China after the Hollywood studio announced they would make an art heist movie suggesting that the Chinese government was behind a series of international art museum thefts. So, the great Chinese art heist will be directed by John Chu, the director of Crazy Rich Asians and In the Heights. So, this film will be based on an article that was published in 2018 about some major thefts of Chinese art and antiquities from palaces and museums across Europe. But most of these stolen treasures were actually originally taken when Western armies invaded and ransacked palaces in China. And within the article, there are also mentions of a theft from the Chinese Museum of, please forgive me for butchering this French word, Chateau de Fontainebleau, just outside Paris. And these thieves 
They stole 15 treasures in a well-executed six-minute robbery around uh, 2015. Pretty big James Bond stuff, you know? But the bulk of the museum's collection had actually been taken from China by French soldiers in 1860 when Beijing's old summer palace was sacked by invading Western armies. So I'm sensing a theme of, like, you know, retaking Chinese art, you know? I mean, like... I don't know. Do you guys think this is a good thing? Do you think they should go forward with making this movie? Yeah, I want to see this. Like, I really like um, John Chu's movies because they have that kind of nice use of animation. It's like a flair and it's really exciting. And I think he'd make a really good director for a theme of that. What's that one that came out with all those women? It was like a uh, sequel. Yeah, I think it'll be exciting. But I can understand why China might be a bit upset, but it's going to be a lot of like, it's not like we're saying it was them, <laughs> mm. like in real life. But, you know, that's my two cents. <laughs> my two cents is like, every time the Chinese government complains, and we like cater towards that. It turns out to be a really bad movie anyway. So, like, if you think about it, Mulan was bad. And then, oh, there's a few others, but I've already forgotten what they were because it was so bad. <laughs> you lose in every situation. Did Mulan even do well in China? I don't think it did. No. <laughs> the live action one? No, I don't think so. It's like an official, so we're not actually saying that China is the reason in real life are museum thefts it's just in a fictional context mm. so it should be fine right uh, i don't know <laughs> I, i'd watch it just because it's a heist movie like heist movies in themselves are uh you know it, it i think of them as learning opportunities the, you know when you I watch what? oh yeah perhaps <laughs> You know, something's very wise to air your secret ice plans. Yeah, investors, don't tell anyone about this. <laughs> A listener, please don't steal things. Like, I'm serious. <laughs> don't actually steal things. But on that aside, if you're excited for this movie, if you actually want to see this being released, or if you actually do have some criticisms on what this might imply about the Chinese government, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are Asian Pop Nation. Yo, this is Asian Pop Nation. We played Gurunika by A Live and Pretty Ashes Say Hello from Tyler. Thanks for sending those through. If you didn't hear how you can send your requests through, you can let us know on our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Asian Pop Nation. Slide into our DMs. Let us know what you'd like us to play next Tuesday here on the show. And the last song you heard was B2B's Outsider because people that have been feeling a bit of an outsider lately in Japan are those with disabilities. So the NHK, the Japanese national broadcaster, has made some improvements to the way that they communicate to their deaf and hearing impaired audiences. A couple of days ago, NHK, which is the Japanese national broadcaster, made an ambitious move to bring a variety of content to Japan's deaf population. And that is introducing a computer-generated sign language commentator during the Tokyo Games. Now, apparently there are about 358,000 deaf people in Japan in 2006, which is the last time the government actually did a survey to see how many people are hearing impaired in Japan. So hopefully they're hoping, at least NHK, that the CG commentator will help 
kind of reach those audiences. And the hearing impaired reporter who the commentator is based on said that she had seen sign language before on the CG characters, but says it doesn't really look natural. But when the NHK scanned her, it was actually natural and fast and sort of the same pace that sign language speakers would use to talk. So I'm not sure if anyone's heard, but also in Australia, they have announced that the Paralympians are now going to be paid the same amount for the medals that they win. Oh, really? Yeah. And previously, previously they weren't getting paid anything at all. Yeah, legit. (laughs) They were getting nothing. Only now? (laughs) Yeah. I think, funnily enough, this week in my classes, we were looking at mobility in Japan, if people who've got disabilities and how, you know, Japan before the Paralympics wasn't exactly the most accessible place, but I think they tried to play a lot of catch up in the lead up to the Paralympic Games. Yeah. What do people think? We've seen recently how a lot of sign language interpreters have been going viral on Twitter and (laughs) 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 kind of like being attractive to some of those sign language interpreters for Dan Andrews conferences. But like, yeah, thoughts, opinions. Imagine VTubers Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, you know. (laughs) It all leads back to the VTubers. Oh my, fan art of my favorite. (laughs) My my favorite sign language interpreter. (laughs) Um, You think that'll happen? Is that there's going to be like a following for certain interpreters? at, At this rate, probably, you know. Like, man, those interpreters are really cool. Have you seen videos of, like, sign language people at musical concerts and stuff? And, like, yeah. you know, they're <laughs> doing the signs for the lyrics. And then, like, it, when they start doing fast rap, they're like, they're like, they're like Naruto ninjas, you know, doing jutsus with their hands. It's so cool. Oh, yeah. Any other thoughts, Celeste, Leisha? Is it done in real time or is it pre-generated, as in done pre-hand and then they play it? I think what they were using it for was like a wheelchair basketball game. So they had a female commentator sort of showing what's happening in the game or like signing what's happening in the game. And then if there's a foul, there's another guy who's a CG interpreter and he's kind of explaining what the foul was for. So there's like two commentators, both Mm. CG kind of explaining what's happening. So I think it's in real time, but I find okay. it, yeah, like, how do you, are they watching the game and then they just like, <laughs> I imagine, how yeah. does this work? Does someone input it? I feel like there's a higher room for error. Yeah. For this. Probably, yeah. And then going back to like concerts and stuff, having a person who does the sign language, like a CGI thing isn't going to have enough flair to, put yeah. <laughs> to sign the language oh and getting all the raps in and stuff like that. I am interested think- in a... Oh, yeah, sorry, JP. Oh, no, you go, Zania. It's like, you know how every country has a different sign language? Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Language, yeah. yeah. It's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be interesting to see if it would be different in, say, Australia. That's going to be more challenging than in Japan. You know, I'd love to see this being extended to education, like to young kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like you can replace these CGI commentators with cartoon characters, you know? <laughs> no yeah seriously think about it sign language cartoon you know you have to be a little cat or something going nyah, nyah. <laughs> <laughs> but then like but then the, so the hands will be like scarily human looking like uncanny valley in her face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's something they'll have to figure out but you know they'll do it <laughs> 
Like speaking of children's shows, JP, you know how like mm. the Wiggles have added four new members, and <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe it's like I that. haven't been following the Wiggles, so I wouldn't. No. Know. Oh, they've added yeah. four new members, and it yeah. feels oh weird God. to me that like <laughs> yeah. isn't is one of them from like like an Australian boy band or something like that. Yeah, Justice yeah. Crew. Justice Crew, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. The, new, the new guy. I can't remember what colour he is. What is going on? What is the world? They're still there. It's just it's they want it to become more diverse. Yeah, it's more diverse. They have one, like, Aboriginal lady there as well. I'm pretty sure there mm-hmm. is. But, yeah, the one that just in my head, I'm like, God, the Justice Crew guy is there. <laughs> I mean, I think it's also Asian as well, so <laughs> maybe we can talk oh, about know. it. <laughs> How do we learn sign language to Wiggles this morning? <laughs> so more representation from oh. both the Japan side and also here. If you're, you've got two cents and want to share it with us about what you think of the sign language commentator for the NHK, you can let us know on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Asian Pop Nation. This is Asian Pop Nation. We played Tofu Beats City to City. After that, we played Fish Leong's Tomorrow the Dancing Duo. And the last song you heard was Stacey's Stereotype, because that's something Asian and Pacific Islander peoples have been facing a lot in Western media, is stereotyping. So let's see what this new report has to say about if things improved or not. So this may not be a surprise, considering we were talking about like white savior complexes earlier and where oh there should be an Asian character in a movie that like is played by someone who is an Asian, like Ghost in the Shell and, <laughs> and The Last Samurai. But I guess a new study has found that Asian and Pacific Islander characters remain quite poorly represented in Hollywood and typically embody roles that are tropes or stereotypes that kind of reinforce discrimination, you know, like martial artists or like model minority, the nerd, the IT guy, or just like the foreigner in a community. That exotic person that lives next door. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> or like owns the um, Asian grocery store on Main Street or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so less than a quarter of those API characters from the study were funny, but audience were mainly asked to laugh at almost half of them rather than laughing at their jokes or like as teasing them or making fun of them. Mm. And while Asians are typically objectified or fetishized, they are rarely given like the chance to be inherently sexy. So I think about a fifth of API characters or main API characters are seen to be sexy and a character that's written to be Asian is considered less sexy than a character that simply casts an Asian actor. Yeah. So what do you guys think? Do you think this is a sign that Asian actors and Asian characters will always be the forever foreigner? Well, I mean, everyone's jumping ship from Hollywood already, right? Like, are we all <laughs> even Dylan Sprouse, yeah. Yeah, even Dylan Sprouse is tired. I've seen like an upcoming of like young adult movies where they've included a like higher diverse cast, and like I'm seeing more Asians within that. So I don't know how I feel compared to previously. Like it's nice seeing it, but they're never like the main character, and I'm just like, can we? just put them in like they don't necessarily have to be a white character you know <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's like almost like a default right <laughs> yeah man i wish bruce lee didn't die oh he was now cool. i'm fine with that I'm, I'm i'm done with martial art 
Uh, <laughs> martial arts are so cool, but I mean, not, again, not that... wuxia martial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think kung fu movies are cool and all, but I, I just can't seem to get on board with them. I, I think it would be nice to see, like, you know, mystery films or more romance mm. films and yeah. sci-fi films with Asian characters in it. Mm. It is because it is like happening. It's just yeah. like it's only starting now. It's like what the studies. <laughs> I mean, what happened was we had a revolution. No, not a revolution. <laughs> we changed. We grew up, and like society is shifting towards a more diverse place. But yeah, things like oh, what was it? There was a Netflix drama based in London. It's like a fantasy supernatural thing. Oh, we talked、um, like, about. Oh, that. I don't think we mentioned any of that. Yeah. yeah, and it's got. An Asian person casting as one of the leads, and like, there's no topic of about her being Asian. She's just a sister. She's just there. Yeah, yeah, she's just there. She's, she's just there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just a, like not disappoints me, but still, it still makes like I know we're we're progressing a lot. Like I see a lot of great. Content, media content coming out nowadays, which are like you know showing more Asian representation and stuff. But I still feel like we have such a long way to go. And there's also this underlining big problem that's a little bit more like personal, like, I guess for me and stuff. That is, even though we're getting more Asian representation in media in Hollywood world, the problem is a lot of them are more East Asian representation.、Mm. And not as much like South Asian, Southeast Asian, Central Asians as well. It's mainly East Asia because everyone knows it's like that market. It's just at the moment it's you know Korea, Japan, China, the <laughs> kind of stuff. Yeah, K-pop. Yeah, they're kind of like the big things at the moment. So I still feel like we have such like a long way to go. And then within Asian media itself, there's still so much like discrimination as well. With like again, like media shows that portray like I don't know how to explain it. It's just sometimes when I watch like old TV shows I used to watch as like a kid, which are like made like, an Asian country, and then they always like they make fun of the character that's like a little bit more darker skin than the other person, but they're. That person、hmm. is also from Asia, but they just happen to be like, for example, from like Southeast Asia, which Southeast Asians don't tend to have. They have more like tanner skin and stuff like that. Yeah, more more chocolate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, but in media, we still kind of get portrayed in like a very like more in a negative light, I guess, and stuff like that. And I don't know. I still or feel perhaps like we, just like not enough of it. Like, yeah, we, yeah, we don't come up much. We don't come up much,、yeah. and when we do, it's very like very very like minimal, or it's、mm. in a more negative like connotation type of thing. So I still feel like. In order to, I guess, like we still have like a very long way to go. I feel like being for Asians to be proper, like not properly, but like to be fully represented in Hollywood world. But at the same time, branch out to other media that isn't made in Hollywood, and you'll find a lot of more. Like I don't know, <laughs> more Asian. Like, stop casting white people. It's-, <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you can sum it out with a like a. Non-white person, then just do it. It just makes it that much more better, in my opinion. Not <laughs> it'll make the plot better. I won't.、Um, <laughs> it'll just be more entertaining for me because I get to see different people on the screen instead of like the same American. Just、yeah. want to look at Asians. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, would you prefer them to like address some of the struggles that Asian people face or would you just prefer it to be like, they're just Asian, deal with it? It depends on the story, you know, yeah, it depends really, on the story yeah, and the context and everything. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to get, if you're going to make a historical story of some sort, then like, of course the casting needs to like follow that sort of thing. But Ooh, then... does it? <laughs> <laughs> like, have you seen Bridgerton? It doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty big problem that a lot of like minority groups feel like with media it's like do we want our characters and stuff to just be like a sob story type of thing and it's just filled with trauma with racism and things that happen to us living in a more westernized society or do we want like our characters to just be like happy-go-lucky like not happy-go-lucky but it's just like all that race stuff just doesn't matter it's kind of like that I don't know I feel like a lot of minority groups when it comes to like media that's the struggle of what do we want ourselves to be like represented in Hollywood type of thing? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. You're an art heist, y'all. <laughs> yeah, I do art heist, you know? Actually, you have a good point about migrant stories, though, because they're always interesting. And like they're contemporary, too. Like it's happening right now. It's good to make movies about that sort of thing, I think. Yeah. Well, Aaron, did you have any thoughts? Not to think of from the top of my mind, but I think I haven't seen a lot of, say, movies that like have the same Asian actors like keep playing the same roles over and over and over again and stuff. but I think for me I think the mold breaker for all that was actually Parasite I think but again that was not American Asian co-production film and all that stuff but I think the closest one we had was probably I could be wrong about this maybe Pokemon really there's a live action Pokemon the only one I can think of is Detective Pikachu. I, wait, that's, that is what you're talking about, right? Detective yeah, Pikachu. Detective Pikachu. Yeah. Oh, oh, that makes sense. Uh, I know. I was like, <laughs> the gears were turning. Oh. Hold up. Um, yeah. There is one thing, like when it comes to um, like this whole casting thing, it would be nice to see more Asian actors, but at the same time, I wouldn't want people to be treating them like a checklist. You know, get a checklist. All right, let's get all these ethnicities just for the like sake current of current employment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You come from a diverse background? Apply. (laughs) That sort of thing, yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I think there's something a little artificial about that approach. But, you know, like, I don't know. Let's try it out. Get more Asian actors. There's a lot of talent out there. Investors, you better be listening. <laughs> I'm branched. No. And how are they going to make the application? Um, do you come from a diverse background? <laughs> do you come from a diverse background? Oh, so if you have any thoughts, let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you're an investor, also let us know. I wouldn't mind starring <laughs> in a Hollywood movie. Yeah, get me on too, yeah, man. Get me I want to be a co- background. Star. Yeah, okay, yeah. I got diverse background. <laughs> oh, awesome. This is Asian Pop Nation. We played Night Dancer by Kiro Akiyama. Then we played a song by Fakie called Sayonara My Ex. And the last song you heard was Beautiful Jeopardy by Nell. Because I think what China's trying to do at the moment is take its beautiful children and avoid them from the jeopardy of online gaming. At least that's what we think from the latest laws that they've implemented. But we're going to talk about that more now. So, we're back to China again. Yeah, let's get back to the point. The Chinese government is hoping to combat the growing rate of new game addiction in their country by limiting the playtime for minors to play to three hours per week. Yeah, that's not going to go. So back to the point. Children under 18 will be now only be able to play from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Fridays, weekends, and public holidays beginning from September 1st. 
gaming companies will opt to abide by these rules, ensuring no services are provided to minors outside of the permitted hours of the real name uh, verification systems in their places. Just note that this is only happening, I'm assuming it's only to online play only, which I look to be a mm. good thing, but at the same time, it could be a bad thing. I'm not in the good or the bad because I rarely play games online. Got me! Yeah, back to huh. the point. Some people on social media have expressed doubts, saying that the children could just use their parents' logins and sign into the foreign services. Well, that's, they found a loophole in the system, that's all I can say. Well, they've already lost. <laughs> yeah, so I don't understand the point of this rule, really. To, I, I don't understand it. We all gonna play games, like, every day, really, but this new timeline restriction is kind of stupid, really. Kind of But also, 8 p.m. to 9 p.m., we're all gonna be tied up from that time. Hey, kids, they don't sleep. <laughs> That's true. They're the youth. <laughs> like, under 18, I remember playing Pokemon until 6 a.m. in the morning once, because, yeah. <laughs> and then at school the next day, like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, kids are just, like, crazy. They can play games for ages. And, like, usually, since they get so much time to play it, they're pretty good at it, too. Like, I remember I went to a Smash tournament once, and I got beat up by an eight-year-old. Oh, I mean, in the game. It was terrible, (laughs) dude. It was in front of everyone. And, like, his mom was behind him, massaging his shoulders, you know, like, you know, like a soccer mom. Like, yeah, you can do this. I'm just looking over, going, what is this? (laughs) She was giving the kids some cheat codes. Now now that you say that. Are we banning it because we want to protect our kids or because we don't want them to beat us at games? (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, like, do you think this is something that would actually work? No. 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 You can't stop a child from wanting to play games. You cannot. They will find the loophole. Uh, yeah, when I was a little. VPN server, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I was little, my parents put like a restriction on the Wi-Fi and which devices can have Wi-Fi from oh. a certain point of time. Oh. But then every time like I'd have to go ask my parents about something and they'd go into the Wi-Fi router, I just like looked at what keys they were typing. They're not the fastest typers. Oh. So eventually I figured out what the password was. <laughs> and I the restriction. Oh. <laughs> so oh you can't stop a child from wanting to play video games. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like putting like a ban on it just I don't know feeds into the the hunger more or something like yeah, that. That's yeah, that's what I think as well. They're gonna find loopholes in like snap like two yeah. seconds after yeah. that. You know, just to draw the topic slightly back to uh, the Father's Day thing, I read somewhere that it's kind of a good thing. Like, if you're a father, it's good to be mildly oppressive. <laughs> mildly no? oppressive. Mildly oppressive. Hear me out, right? If you place down rules for your kids to follow, it gives them opportunities to break them. You know, it gives them that sense of adventure. You know what I mean? Like, you know, don't do this till at this time. And the kid's like, hey, 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 I'm going to do that thing <laughs> time. And he won't know. Yeah. So who knows? This could have a weird positive effect. Let's see how it plays out. <laughs> This reminds me of back in high school when me and my friend was just walking. We just finished school and we were just walking towards 7-Eleven. Mm. And my friend managed to know the password for the Wi-Fi. And he managed to set up... You know how Wi-Fi is set like a certain time, like Wi-Fi is only available and then will be turned off? Do that to the whole household. Whoa. He managed to get his sister really mad though, but that was really funny. The time the Wi-Fi starts is... Like, the Wi-Fi turns on, it's like around 8 o'clock. And it turns off at 7. So technically, any online work they had to do... Not happening. Wow. I don't know if anyone's ever tried to stop a kid from playing a game, but it's actually quite funny. It's, yeah. 
just to see them like get mad or but like the small things because I remember back in China I had to use the internet to look up my email it was like 10 years ago Aww. and so my cousin who he's like young he's trying he wants to play these games and I'm just like I know he wants to play games so I took my sweet time just clicking through my emails <laughs> not doing anything like, mad. <laughs> yeah so a monster <laughs> yeah. you would make a fantastic torturer Celeste <laughs> <laughs> like, just, just you can game anytime like, like my 15 minutes looking at my emails isn't gonna affect you so if mm. we have these restrictions in place these was at three hours only what's worse me and my 15 minutes of searching my email <laughs> Or like the government going, no, three hours. <laughs> when I was little, we, my dad, we only had one computer. It was my dad's computer and they had two monitors. So my brother and I obviously wanted to use the computer at the same time. So <laughs> one of us would be watching a video on one monitor. And then when the video is done, we'd swap. So I'd watch the video and then Whoa, they'd like play games the- or something. Oh, we would just wow. alternate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I guess kids find ways around those restrictions. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, it's just crazy to me to think of like, damn, it's not like, cause all of you guys are talking, it's more like, like, oh, your parents like set this restriction law. And I'm like, in my head, like, this whole government that's setting it up. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's different. <laughs> so it's they like, say it's the parents' fault now. For <laughs> 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 the government, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. This kind mm. I, I think it's even worse that we're in the middle of the pandemic, you know? Yeah. Like, what have these kids got to do inside? Mm. Yeah. Like, you know, um, yeah, really. <laughs> no, but like, seriously, these kids, man, these are like important formative years for their life, especially socially. You know, like I got a little sister and she's doing a lot of her schooling at home. But when it comes to socializing, what she does is she plays Roblox. Uh, yeah. Roblox, my yeah, I know. So it's, into that. it's such a meme, man. But like, you know, in terms of communication, especially with kids her age, I mean, like, technically, we don't really know because this is Roblox. I mean, this is online, right? But mm-hmm. most of the time, Roblox players, they're kids too, right? So that's that's kind of how she does her social interactions nowadays. I wonder if these kids in China are going to go crazy. Like, what are they going to do? They'll develop their own little app that bypasses everything. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> a little, like, 14-year-old. Yeah, yeah. 14-year-old's going to make biggest app of all time. Maybe they'll start sending messages through pigeons, you know, <laughs> sending messages to each other. Yeah. Back like the good old days. Yeah, like the good old days. Or, like, you know, you know the cups with the strings? <laughs> you know, they'll, I don't know, they'll talk with their neighbor that way. Yeah. Let's see where this goes. Yeah, Aaron, where can people go to complain about the Chinese government? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can try using a pigeon and wrap a little note on it. I tried that once. It didn't go well at all. It never worked at all. <laughs> that will be a different story from primary school. I wasn't full. But anyhow, ignore that little segment on the sidelines for now. If you want to make a complaint to China or just have your own personal opinion as to if this is a right or bad move for what China is doing right now, please message us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Don't worry, man. Just play video games. Yeah, do that as well, people. Ignore the rules. Just do what you have to do. I'll probably do none of them. But yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Have a fantastic day. 
is Asian Pop Nation. We played Penomeko's Shy. After that, we played Day Six's Young K's Guard You, which is from their solo debut album, Eternal. And you just heard Overworld's Soul featuring Thelma Aoyama and Aiyamu. Because something that brings out our soul is poetry. So we're going to perform our weekly tanka for you. For those who don't know what a weekly tanga is, it's a form of Japanese song or verse with a 5-7-5-7-7 pattern. So, here it goes. <clears throat> China bans gaming. Dylan Sprouse in C-drama. Little Asian rap. Icons Bobby becomes dad. More sign language rap on screen. So if you want to give it a try, you can let us know what your week has been like through the form of a tanka on Asian Pop Nation's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So you can DM us there with your tanka, and maybe we can share it with our listeners if you are proud of it. And we're always happy for you just to flex how good your poetry and tanka skills are. So we're going to play a song now by T1419 called Flex. Keep here in Asia Pop Nation. We've still got a couple more songs left for you until the night comes to an unfortunate end. So stick around for them here on APN. This is Asian Pop Nation. We played T1419's Flex. After that, we've played Fish Leong's Today, Halfway to the Permanent. And the last song you heard was Lee He's Savior featuring B.I. Because you have been our saviors tonight for listening to our show. Thanks for tuning in as we've reached the end of our show this week. So if you want to leave any of your thoughts about the show, you can let us know on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. You can also let us know your requests if you have any songs you want us to play next week. You can also listen to our podcast, which has all of our discussions in case you missed out on any. You can find them pretty much wherever you stream your podcasts. And of course, we'll see you again next week on behalf of the Asian Pop Nation team of myself, Senya, Aaron, Celeste, JP, and Leisha, we'd like to say thank you and farewell as we leave you with a song by Luna and Ryan Jun called Not Friends, which is a true because technically you're not friends to us, you're our family. It's a bit of a wholesome way to end the night, but thanks for listening again. And on behalf of the Asian Pop Nation team, signing off. <laughs>